0: Free Talk Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Last show of the week being produced from the Free Talk Live studios. We are going to be going on the road as of tomorrow. And heading out to Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Looking forward to that very much. Uh, Kind of the festivity started today. Julia, my girlfriend, and I, we uh, went with a group of free staters on uh, on a trek up Mount Monadnock, the most climbed mountain in America, as I understand it. And uh, it was very nice. So we went out with Lauren Canario, super activist, her husband, and... uh, and uh, one of the other activists from the area.
1: So, you know, when you uh, go, when, when, when you go on a little hikes like that and that kind of thing, there's always a free stater that wants to come along if you uh, just get get involved in the forums and just say something ahead of time.
0: Yeah, that's what she did. She just announced it, and there's just so many great people around here, uh, and they're just wonderful, and that's what's going to be happening at Pork Fest is a bunch of liberty-loving activists are going to be hanging out, socializing, having a good time together, and, of course, we'll tell you more about that as the week goes on. But to start things out tonight, uh, apparently some... Oh, this is old news. Uh, one of my people just sent me a uh, a link to some really old news. But anyway, we'll uh, share it with you just because it's interesting. And if I sound a little out of it, it's because I am. Yeah, really? I went up a mountain today. <laughs> uh, a federal judge has dismissed a lawsuit by a man who was barred from the new London police force because he scored too high on an intelligence test. In a ruling made public on Tuesday, and this is almost 10 years ago, Uh, The judge in the district court in New Haven agreed the plaintiff, Robert Jordan, was denied an opportunity to interview for a police job because of his high test scores. But he said that didn't mean Mr. Jordan was a victim of discrimination. Judge Dorsey ruled that Mr. Jordan was not denied equal protection because the city of New London applied the same standard to everyone. Anyone who scored too high was rejected. Mr. Jordan, who has a bachelor's degree in literature and is an officer with the Department of Corrections, said he was considering an appeal. He said, I was eliminated on the basis of my intellectual makeup. It's the same as discrimination on the basis of gender or religion or race. So, there you go. I mean, we'd always known they'd done this sort of thing. That there, are, and I don't think it's every police department, but some departments around the country have uh, strict specifications that if you score too high on an intelligence quotient test you will not be allowed to move any further in the process. You have no you chance at getting that job.
1: I don't understand exactly why this is. We I read, do. We, we read an article, it's been years now, but I, it sticks in my mind, that uh, it was about the the um, army allowing people that were dumber than they had previously allowed in, or more people that were dumb, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And in, in the article, they said that basically that... Uh, you know, smart people make better soldiers. Smart people make better decisions no matter what. People with high IQs do better every time. Yeah, pretty much
0: all across the board. I mean, they
1: they can aim better, and yeah. they... Uh they take orders better and whatever. sure they they, you know, they initiate thought and they they make good decisions and all that stuff. Why wouldn't the police department want somebody who's going to make good decisions, aim better, uh, you know, put thought into their uh, their actions? Why wouldn't they want somebody like I that? I think this is total speculation, but I believe it's because
0: they want someone who's malleable. I think they want somebody who they can order around and have them have very little chance of thinking, hey, wait a minute, I really shouldn't be doing this oh wait we're throwing someone out of their home because they didn't pay property taxes no that doesn't seem right we're arresting people because they've smoked marijuana I don't really agree with that they don't want someone thinking about the orders that they're given they just want them blindly following them and I guess they maybe they presume that dumber people are more likely to blindly
1: follow orders you know um, the in, in in Star Wars you know when you talked about the stormtroopers and they were cl- they were cloning the stormtroopers they mm-hmm. they cloned them to be sort of uh, emotionally valuable and I didn't get the impression that they they cloned them to be very uh, particularly intelligent either. And it just it it to me it harkens back to that. I think there's so much about America today that you can uh, you can look at what happened to the Republic in Star Wars and see how mm. it's it turned into the Empire. That's right. And I really think our Republic is turning into an empire. It's already there. The the military is
0: in over 130 countries around the world. I mean, how many countries do you have to occupy before you gain
1: the moniker of empire? Well, you know, um, I think that one of the one of the uh, the particularly different things about an empire versus what we have going is we don't really enslave the populace to ourselves. We may keep them, you know, in line. Uh, or you know, the very presence of our military may keep them from rising up against their leaders, whom we, uh, in most cases,
2: just back um, or and, install, right? And then we force them to use our money in some way or another, whether or to buy oil. I'd like or to food.
0: point out, I don't force them to do anything.
2: Understood. Yeah. The um, whereas
1: in uh, an empire, you you of... Of, you take money out of the other countries and you bring it to your country you enrich yourself you know the mm, your okay. country with uh with with those people whereas in an occupier then hege- hegemony is the the term that's that's been used okay. and I, it, it's probably the right one i i've never heard you know uh, hegemon uh, what uh, homogeny i don't know what this this word means i i just heard it before and um Essentially, we pay the American citizens pay through taxes to keep the world's uh, seaways clear, to, uh, to, to to keep peace around the globe, and to me, that's just wrong. It's it's bad enough that I'm forced to pay t- for to peacekeeping in my own community or in my own nation, but let alone other nations, that's that's wrong.
0: According to the dictionary, he- uh, hegemony is a noun, leadership or predominant influence exercised by one nation over others. As in a confederation, so predominant influence exercised. Also, aggression or expansionism by large nations in an effort to achieve world domination.
1: So I'd say uh, hegemony is pretty accurate. It is. It's just not. Uh, it's not a word that inspires people in any way because it doesn't mean much to most people. Empire is is uh, you know it's close enough to be accurate and uh, it certainly has that bad feeling behind it.
2: Well, you know, Mark, a lot of people have said that we're not an empire because we don't go and, and pillage other countries and take their money. But what we, what we do is we extract wealth and productivity in other ways. And that's what, it's a new way of extracting um, energy or, or uh, you know, labor value from other countries. Well I I
1: I don't know I really can't think of any way that we're doing that and in the case of say uh the oil companies we are providing uh, the American people are paying for the security uh, forces that are you know making it so that the oil companies uh can you know drill safely in Iraq or in, and around the Middle East whereas um you know that doesn't make much you know, you know they they should be providing their own security forces but that's not really extracting wealth from the the individual countries. I mean, they're obviously pumping oil out of the ground, but they're probably paying
2: you know, some bureaucrat somewhere. Sure, but Ron Paul had written an article about a year ago about the dollar hegemony. Okay, And the dollar is really the, the basis by which the empire uh, currently extracts wealth from other countries because they have to change their money into dollars in order to buy things on the international market.
1: Oh, that's an interesting uh, viewpoint. Well, Explain so to me no... how that ex- extracts the wealth because um because we because they print more because they there's a more. higher demand for dollars, yes, okay,
0: well, because no well, if there're if the countries they go into at that point have to shift over to using the dollar. Driving
1: up the demand for dollars.
0: Well, and also then in that case, when they print more dollars via the printing press, as they do, that is inflation. And so therefore inflation then not only hits all of us in America, but it also hits everybody else that's using the dollar around the world. So essentially they get to steal the wealth from those people just as they've stolen our wealth from us. Exactly. Interesting viewpoint. Eight hundred two one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one 259 9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom.
3: Yeah, I've got a, a comment, and then i got a question uh, about something else here. Okay, Joe Kenny, uh filed for uh, Republican uh, candidate for governor of New Hampshire. So if he wins the Republican nomination, he gets to run against uh, John Lynch or whoever wins the... If John Lynch gets ousted in the primary, of course, the Democratic primary, but okay, John Lynch why is do our listeners incumbent? in
0: other states care about the new Hampshire governor's race?
3: well i I tell you this is what you do. I was driving around in Nashua and I saw him uh some of his campaign signs at a what uh, turns out to be a rally, so I stopped and I uh got out and went over there and posed the question that people need to ask when they happen to see a campaign rally for uh, policy making uh, situations like Governor or state representative, Assemblyman, Senator. And I posed the question, do you want to call off the war on drugs now, or do you still want to wait until more cops get themselves killed in action?
0: First? did uh, did you get an answer to the question? Yeah, I want to find out what it was. Hang on, Tom. We'll bring it back for that. eight hundred two, five, nine, ninety two, thirty one. It's a great question. It's, and it's
1: framed exactly right,
0: too. You can bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 350,000 posts for you to surf around through. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. We continue here. Tom in New Hampshire, you're back on Free Talk Live. You said that uh you apparently had uh confronted a candidate for office up here in New Hampshire, the I guess the one of the governor gubernatorial candidates. And you asked a pretty poignant question about the war on drugs. Can you re-ask that question and then let us know how the candidate responded?
3: Yes. First of all, I'd like to point out to the listeners what you did was you gave them something to look forward to for the break to keep them tuned in. And that's clever because it gives the sponsors their money's worth.
1: We call it a tease. Now,
3: now uh, okay, What I, I the question was, do you want to call off the war on drugs now or do you still want to wait until more cops get themselves killed in action first? And he said that he was a supporter of the war on drugs. And he, he uh, is against legalizing drugs as a matter of policy-making decisions. So I pointed out that, uh, of course, when cops make these bad choices and, you know, suffer these consequences of these bad choices, their blood will not only be on uh, your hands because you sent them into battle, but also, uh, on the hands of the people who voted for you, because they're not pulling the trigger, but they're pulling the lever and it 's an inevitable consequence of their wrongdoing mm-hmm. okay now uh, the question that I had ready for you it's about have you heard anything further about uh, the uh, license checking uh, when people go to pork fest and they, they have vendor tables are they going to need to have some kind of Local uh, uh, hawkers and peddlers license or an itinerant vendor. It's a good question. To...
0: We actually talked extensively about this last night, and uh, Tom, thank you for the call tonight. I'll get uh, give you an answer here. Uh, according to Rich <clears throat> Rich Goldman from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, he's the organizer of the event. The bureaucrats uh, in Guilford, New Hampshire, had approached them and demanded cash. Because there's vending going on. We can't have people selling things like T-shirts without having to beg the government for permission first.
1: So they it's so It's not just begging, it's, it's the money too. That's true.
0: It, yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, sort of a... a Double-sided coin. One side is obedience. The other side is cash.
1: And Mr. Goldman pointed out, uh, rightly so, I think, that uh, the, the the bureaucrats in Guilford, you can have uh, you know surly bureaucrats, or you can have nice ones. And I'll tell you, nice ones make the process of uh, being robbed at gunpoint much better. Yeah, that's
0: true. Um, but that you know, they were still stolen from. These uh, government gangsters came in and they demanded cash. Uh, And basically, you know, sure, they could have shut the thing down, they could have brought in the cops, they could have cracked down, they could have torn up people's tents, and I would think it'd be very interesting if they'd actually gone ahead and done that, because now at this point, because there are hundreds of activists around. Porcupine Freedom Festival is where hundreds of liberty-oriented activists show up to the same place, and they hang out, they uh, enjoy one uh, one another's company, and there's a little bit of you know, uh, panel discussions and things like that that go on, too. But with hundreds of activists around, wouldn't that be an ideal opportunity to just say no to the state and then mobilize those activists? Of course, that's how I see it because that's my kind—you know—that's my kind of activism. But right. most of the people at Pork Fest are probably of the more political
1: stripes. Well, it's not—it's not, a, which it, means it's not a vote, though. The Pork Fest is putting on the uh, event, the, uh, por- uh, yeah. you know. And uh, the fact is, the Free State Project is not a civil disobedience organization. Sure, it is sure. a—it's uh, an obedience it's, organization. It's an apparently. organization to move twenty thousand liberty-loving yeah. individuals to one state. So, what sure. is the goal of their, um, uh, their their what is their goal? Their goal is to get people to move the only way they're going to get them to move is if they have a good festival and they can you know talk to people and that kind of thing. The way that they can have a good festival is by paying these bureaucrats their money.
0: Well, I, I have to disagree uh, on that point because I think it would be a fine festival if they didn't pay the bureaucrats money. Last year, they didn't pay the bureaucrats money, and the festival was just great. This year, the, the bureaucrats bureaucrat didn't
1: demand money last year. That's
0: right. This year, the bureaucrats got wind of it. They came over, they demanded some cash, and they got it. And it's going to set a precedent where you know the week's not over yet. This happened on the first day of the festival, and for all I know, more went down today. We haven't heard anything yet from the folks out at Pork today. But now that they've paid once, those bureaucrats know they'll pay again. They could show up and say, you know, we have determined that you're going to owe something else for, you know, whatever it is. You've sent up another extra two-tenths since we were last here, and therefore we're going to have to bill you for that. Or they might, you know, come and make some more absurd demands like that every single vendor might have to fill out some paperwork with them, who knows what else it will be. They might they very well, but,
1: um, you, you know, I mean, at this point you have paid, and it seems like there's a, uh, it, it seems like, well, that, that uh, look, I paid for it. They didn't say anything about it paying extra. It, it seems like, you know, they've got some, a, a pretty good stance there. Well, I think
0: that uh, the Burning Porcupine Festival that's going to be going on over the summer is probably going to, if, if they are rated by sure. the Born, government Burning goons.
1: Porcupine will tell them to go pound salt. Because yeah. there's no way they're going to go for that. Because but burning organized. porcupine is not pork fest.
0: Right, burning porcupine is organized by independent folks who are not necessarily affiliated with the Free State Project. In a
1: town that I don't think even has uh, rules like you know itinerant vendor uh, licenses and things mm. like that. I mean, there's there's just not a lot of people going to Grafton to set up a festival. Well, anyway, we are expecting to see some incidents of civil
0: disobedience out at Pork Fest at some point this week, so certainly those who are interested in the market-based activism hopefully will be satiated to some extent by what's going to happen. There are some neat things that I think are, are being planned as we speak. 800-259-9231,
1: and of course... And I would have, by the way, come to Mr. Goldman's defense had I been on the air uh, last yeah. night, but I uh, had a slip of the tongue and I was suspended. I suspended myself from the show, as just as we would suspend a caller, you know, a Caller would have to go after they had a slip of the tongue, and uh, you know that, that that's the way that had to be. Hey, uh,
0: speaking of the system and working within it or not, Mark, you had an, an incident today uh, where you actually went to file a lawsuit. How did, did, what was what's the lawsuit about? What happened today, and how did uh, Sam from Texas, being along with his camera, change the? uh
1: the the way it all played out well um <sighs> Sam staying at my house uh you know he had said somewhere sometime i don't know when or where i can't really tell you that he needed um you know wanted some place to stay or was coming to keen or something like that and i told him he could stay at my house i, I had a couch and a shower for him not much else i've just moved in and things are a mess mm-hmm. and we spent a, a, a bit of yesterday um almost all evening last night hours Last night, um, then the, the morning today and by morning, I mean, got up at 9 a.m., finished at maybe one or two uh, just writing this uh, and this essay that they need in order to uh, get a lawsuit, uh, you know, to, to file a lawsuit. It's it's very difficult for an individual. And I, I I really feel for the American people how they've had their their judicial system stolen away from them by the lawyers. The fact is, um, you know, when I called the first time, the, the law clerk said, look, you need a lawyer in a matter-of-fact tone, not like a suggestion, yeah. but like, you need a lawyer. So... But that's not true. You don't. I mean, anybody can file. But And I understand why they people feel like they need lawyers. It's darn difficult. We mm-hmm. researched all the laws. We went through the rules of the court and and all these things. And it was just, it was arduous. Who are you suing I'm and su- why? I'm suing the uh, the town in which I live.
0: I want to find out why and a little bit more about it here in moments. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And then we'll take a trip over, virtually at least, To the U.K. and find out what's going on with the police over there. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. The features include the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. And see it for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com.
1: The Free State Projects Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is going on right now through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to meet your Internet and FTL buddies, make new ones, see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's p o r c f e s t. dot com. Porkfest.com. dot com.
0: One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Talking about Mark, you are filing a lawsuit against the town that you
1: live in. What brought all this about? Well, um, and what's the suit about? Uh, you know, obviously, there's uh, they they have taxes in this town that the people of the town have voted on and whatever. They've got to get they got to buy fire engines and clear the roads and educate the kids. God knows we couldn't do it in any, in a, in any other fashion. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they didn't send me my tax bill. Uh, I just recently bought the property, and I guess they sent it to the old owner or something like that. What they did send me after, you know, a, a bit of time was a um, a threat to place a lien on my property, notice of lien or something like that. I don't okay. know exactly. So they um, they sent me this this threat and and charged me fees for being late, for a bill I never got. Uh huh. So the first the the first interaction I had with these people regarding the taxes was. A threat of a lien nice and uh, you know i thought that this would be a good end to sort of ask some questions about uh, the whole taxation process um you know what is this with this this town Um, who are these people uh, you know it's a corporation who are the shareholders you know those kind of of things
0: a lot of people i think pretty much almost everyone in america takes these things for granted They, they feel like they
1: have to well
0: I understand that, but no one really ever has ever thought to ask these questions before the last few few years. I'm not basically. sure I'm
1: going to get the chance to ask these questions, Ian. Just to be clear. You mean in court? In court. Yeah. I can ask these questions to you and I know what your answers are They're going to be. They're interesting questions. What is a town?
0: What is a city? A city or a town seems to me to be an incorporation. It's a corporation, which means it was formed by presumably certain individuals. And how is it that you can claim I am in your city if what the city is is a corporation? It's not a plot of land. Right. It's
1: a corporation. But so how did I get into that? I right. didn't if join your. I didn't buy a share. I if it is a plot share. of land, then how did, when did they buy the plot of land? How much did they pay for the plot of land? You know, there's, there's a lot of questions here. If they own the plot of land, does that mean I don't own my property? Yeah, I thought I owned my property. I certainly, didn't ask, I certainly didn't sign any pieces of paper saying I would pay taxes to these people. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't know where they're coming from.
0: Right, so you're interested in finding out where the obligation came from mm-hmm. to pay these taxes. They send you this bill. They say you owe this for presumably providing you with some sort of services, which are probably not mentioned exactly what it is they're providing you with on that bill. Well, you know, they, they I didn't get a bill.
1: I didn't get the bill. I got the notice of lien, which, of course, would not outline uh, what the services were. Even if they'd sent you the bill, I've got mine right
0: here from the city of Keene, and it doesn't say anything about what I'm getting for my money. So... If this is a bill and you're, you're invoicing me for services
1: rendered, then when did I consent to your services? Right. The fact is, um, just because there's a fire department there that I could use or a school there that I could use, look, Walmart has a ladder there that I could use as long as I pay them for it. Mm-hmm. Why should I pay you for a school or a fire department that I haven't asked for and I, you know, I, I don't want?
2: It's for the children. It's for the good of society, Mark. You know, I would probably. Aren't you willing to pitch in? Um, no. Look, I, no, I'm not. I it's am. for the, the children, good well, of society, now, then why on. do you. If it's such a great idea,
1: why do you have to threaten to take my house away in order to fund it? That's what my thought for process the, is. I'm all for the children
0: mm-hmm. and education. It's just that I don't think that government. Is as effective as individuals deciding for themselves. What are we how teaching our money? kids?
1: We're teaching our kids that it's okay to rob people, um, to threaten to take their houses they away They are pay-
0: teaching. They are teaching kids. Well, that we being is human good. beings, we being uh, you know citizens. I wouldn't teach of my kids things. those things. I wouldn't So either. they are teaching obedience to the state. They're teaching that the state is wonderful, that the state is uh, great, and, and it should be obeyed and worshipped. And I am not interested in having my hard-earned money go to support that kind of indoctrination. So it's one of the reasons why I am not going to be paying that particular portion of my property taxes. Uh, I still need to write up the letter that I'm going to send. I'm not going to be filing a lawsuit. I'll be sending a letter back with a check. For about 40% of what it is they're, uh, they're looking for, they want $2,600. I did the calculations, and I discovered that, because uh, I got the actual millage, you can actually get, you can find out what percentage of your property taxes here in New Hampshire is going to education, but you can't figure anything else out unless okay. you really dig through a budget. And so I figured out the education portion, and from what I understand, I, let's see, $1,400 of the $2,600 is going to education. And mm. so I'm just not going to pay that part. I'm surprised it's
1: so little, honestly.
0: So little? That's it's, more than 50%. It is sure. more than
1: 50%, but I expected it to be just slightly higher than that. So I'm, I'm going 1, to 100. cut
0: him a check for about 1250 bucks, And I'm going to say, look, you know what? I'm not really sure who you people are. You've sent these bills before, and I've paid them in the past, but that's certainly not, you know, consent to to anything necessarily. I thought I, you know, ordered some services, and that's what I was paying for. But at this point, I want to know exactly who you are and what it is that i am paying for and how it is i became obligated to to pay for these things please explain all that to me and if you're willing to next time you send one of these bills along if you're willing to put it in an itemized form where i can see exactly what services you're offering me and what they're costing then i'll pay for some of those services at that point. But if you don't do that, I'm not going to pay you anything.
1: Right. And You've so, got to question me, you're, never going to, you're not going to send kids to their school. Why right. in the world should you pay for the school? In my case, it's, a little, it's, it's slightly different and in some ways slightly better than, than your situation in that, uh, well, it's a, it's a town in New Hampshire, which means that it's a Democratic vote on every law that's passed. You have the opportunity to go to the town meeting. You can choose to or not. And the people that are there... Most people don't. Most people don't. It's about 600 out of 2,000, is my understanding. So um, you have the opportunity to go, and if you're there, you can vote on these uh, these issues, and you know who, who, whoever whatever the majority is, that that's what passes it. So um, I we have democracy rules, real live democracy going on in my town, as opposed to you know representative democracy, which is well, it's uglier. The fact is, I mean, okay. you know, democracy is a, a slightly better um, on the scale of uh, tyrannical governments, and also I've never paid my taxes, so. I don't have that, uh, you know, there's no precedent of me bowing down, so I'm really kind of interested in, in how that's going to go.
0: Yeah, I am absolutely interested as well. and I'm I, sure I suspect you'll...
1: I'm going to have it jammed down my throat. You, but They're going to jam what down your throat? Well, they're just going to tell me, yeah, stick it. We're not uh, taking your I, suit? I do have a legal standing, however, because they didn't send me the bill. There is a law in New Hampshire that says they have to place it in my hand. They have to send it registered mail. They have to put it in my place of abode. And they did not none of those three. Hmm. And if they don't do that, then there's a fine for the tax collector, and I will be collecting that. Five dollars. <laughs> the five dollars I will collect from the tax collector. If I do actually get that five dollars, I will then donate fifty in in uh, that person's name to St. Jude's Hospital or something like that.
2: Where do they claim the bill was sent? They don't. They have. They
1: they they don't speak to me. They told me to give me them money, or they'll put a lien on my house. That is the only thing that I've been told.
2: Oh boy. Not good.
1: Back to the education point. Now, I could point. call them and ask these questions, but, you know, why back, should I? Back to the education
0: point. Me. I'm taking, uh, as I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be cutting $1,400 off my $2,600 property tax bill, and I'm not pocketing all that money. To, to show that I am serious about supporting education, even as someone who doesn't <laughs> have kids, I'm going to take half of that money and credit my renters $100 off their rent every single month, and I'm going to tell them that it's intended that that hundred dollars a month go towards educating their little girl that they have, and on top of that, that's still going to leave me with uh, you know a few hundred extra dollars in my pocket. I'm going to take that well because it's a duplex and uh, but why shouldn't percentual. you
1: get the few others? Um, few hundred why duplex? shouldn't I? Yes, I see.
0: I am getting it, and I'm going to take some of it though, just as another show of uh, good faith. I'm going to donate like five hundred dollars to the Liberty Scholarship Fund, which is a privately run scholarship here in New Hampshire that helps people send their kids to private school and helps them homeschool their kids. So help getting, I'm going to use that money to help get kids out of the government school system because I care. More coming up. You take control. This is your show. And by the way, I'm not the only one in this area who's not paying property taxes. I discovered that uh, earlier today. There's another person. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier, just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one, but a powerful one. You send in three bucks a month, we take the money in, reinvest it into the show, and get free talk live on more radio stations, as well as bring more internet listeners on board, and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. You get perks, too. You get access to the AMP-only toll-free call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room and forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com.
1: We're we're spreading the word uh, to Tobago and uh, Trinidad. Oh, that's
0: now. right, internationally syndicated. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. So, uh, real quick, I don't think I can mention who because I didn't ask if this was public information. Uh, but I discovered that I am not the only person in the Cheshire County area here in in uh, New Hampshire that is not going to be paying property taxes. Uh, Well, actually, I'm going to try to pay, like, 50% of my property taxes as a symbolic thing, but eventually it's going to progress towards... Protesting property taxes. Protesting. I'm not the only protester. In fact, uh, I was informed that there's another person living in the area who, I I guess, received some sort of a late notice recently on their property taxes, and they threw it on the fire. They threw it on their fire. So, uh, so. You know, maybe this will really turn into a real property tax revolt. Maybe, uh, maybe those of us who are kicking this off will really lead the way and others will see what's happening because we are going to publicize this. They will see what's happening and they will find the courage that they've always wished they had and join in and also not pay theirs. We'll see what happens.
1: I, I hope it goes well.
0: Yep. Of course, uh, Mark, you'll keep us informed about your lawsuit and how that's progressing. And uh, I I will certainly keep you informed on what I'm planning on doing. 800-259-9231. We go to the U.K., where, according to the Telegraph, rude police are punishing the middle class now in order to hit quotas. Officers are having to put home office targets before serving the public and are becoming increasingly alienated from ordinary people as a result. Members of the public find officers to be rude and accuse them of neglecting their duties and failing to respond to reports of crime. The report by the think tank Civitas says police, uh, excuse me, said political interference meant incidents that might previously have been regarded as innocuous are now being treated as crimes. Police performance is measured in sanction detections, which means officers have detected or cleared a case by charging someone, issuing a penalty notice, or giving a caution. Many officers are expected to complete a
1: certain number
0: each month. I mean, like a quota. This is it is a quota, yes. And That's all
1: you could call that. Expected to do a certain amount each month.
0: So apparently, their quotas have resulted in them no longer just targeting the the lower ends of society. They
1: are now moving up their sights on the middle class. And you employ all those officers, you're going to have to see results from them. Otherwise, they're not right. going to do. You know, they're like a lot of civil servants. They're going to sit around on their duffs and. You know, so I can understand why they give them
2: quotas, but... Maybe there's too many of them.
1: This
0: story, that's that's for sure. But this story is perfect evidence that those who are out there that consider themselves the respectables, those who are out there that, well, I don't do drugs and I'm not a terrorist, so I don't care what the government's doing to those people. It's just more evidence that eventually the government goons are going to find something that you do that they've determined is illegal, and they're going to target you. That's what this story's about. Now, this is about home offices? Well, the the home office is what they call their oh, government over there. I see, I see what there. you're saying. And uh, here's a little bit more about the story. So you've got the quotas, and apparently arresting or finding a normally law-abiding person for a trivial offense is a good way of achieving the target and, therefore, pleasing the home office. The police seem intent on criminalizing those... Uh, Those whose offenses, if they can be regarded as offenses at all, are trivial, the report said. They are accused of concentrating on easy-to-deal-with offending, like speeding, while the real criminals seem to be getting away with it. One case was highlighted in which a 19-year-old foreign student was arrested, detained for five hours, and cautioned for holding open the door of a lift in a London Underground station. An elevator. Holding an elevator door. Sounded
2: like KGB to me.
0: The report said in a city where knife crime is exploding and the public are crying out for more police on the streets, three officers are tied up for half the night, arresting a young man for holding a lift door open with his foot. Harriet Sargent, the journalist who wrote the report, said the target culture meant police were less likely to concentrate on complex crimes. I mean, after all, they don't have a real incentive to go after the real criminals.
1: Think about it. And a complex crime, like they said, would, would take longer to investigate sure. and, and take more time. And you've got a Takes quota effort. to fill. If you, want to, uh, if, if you want to get your quota filled and have a little time to loaf off, or if you're getting to the end here, you've just got to sweep up some, some uh, low-hanging fruit, as it were. So that's exactly
0: what they're doing. And it's it's because they don't have the incentives to go after the real bad apples. I mean, there's no reward in it for them. Sure, they might get a medal individually down the line if they really put the stop to some dangerous criminal, maybe, but there's no real incentive in that if they clean up the streets, full, you know, if they clean up the streets of all the arsonists and rapists and murderers
1: out there. Their pay does not increase. Right. So they're incentivized to go after the low-hanging fruit. However, I think most of these guys really would like to get the big bad guys. But when you incentivize them to go after the low-hanging fruit, the easy people, the, the middle-class people that are doing just minor offenses, right. like holding open a, uh, an elevator door with your foot, well, that's what's going to happen, because that's where the incentives lie.
2: Well, they're less li- likely to get hurt arresting those people, too. That's
0: another factor. So they have an incentive to uh, self-protect. And to insulate themselves from danger. And if they can spend all their time going after speeders, then there's really no problem. They're not going to risk anything
2: significant. And speeders uh, increase revenue. And the dangerous people still roam the streets.
0: Yeah, uh, so according to the, the report, it also meant officers exercise less discretion when dealing with a member of the public. Performance-related pay bonuses uh, between £10,000 and £15,000 a year for commanders who manage frontline officers partly depend on reaching targets for sanctioned detections. The report said in order to meet targets, police are now classifying incidents as crimes that would previously have been dealt with informally, classified differently, or ignored. So remember, the longer government exists the more it expands its purview over your life, whether it be business regulations or you know, micromanaging laws that determine how you behave in every particular incident.
1: And I suspect this is why Thomas Jefferson said that there needs to be a revolution every every generation. Yeah, that's probably, probably I, you a know, I, I don't want to see a bloody revolution. I don't know that a revolution necessarily has to be bloody, but I, I, I can kind of see where he was coming from on that one. Our our government and their government have, have, you know, been without being shook up on the home front for too long.
0: One officer who was interviewed for the study said he warned his own teenage son to take extra care at the end of the month when police are looking to fill their detection quota. Yeah, just like the car dealers. Another said we're bringing more and more people to justice, but they are the wrong people.
1: And that's justice? It's justice to to lock a guy up for, you know, detain a guy for uh, five hours for holding open an elevator door? No, of course not. There's no victim. You have to have a victim to have justice. This is a bastardization of justice. You know, you can't use the terminology justice, and they do.
2: Yeah, this isn't justice. You just substitute the word oppression. We bring oppression to the citizens. That's exactly right. And another cop said, we're bringing more and more people. Oh, same
0: thing. Uh, Complaints against the police have risen, and much of the increase comes from law-abiding, middle-class, middle-aged, and retired people. And people that aren't. Uh, Law enforcement officers and likely not the family
1: of law enforcement officers.
0: And retired people who no longer feel the police are on their side. The report said it called for an end to targets and proposed a local tax to pay for policing with commanders selected through local government. So they just want to rearrange the deck. Shadow Home Secretary said this, this is a desperate but not surprising indictment of laborers red tape target driven culture, which has distorted police priorities and undermined the relationship between the police and the public. But the police have been doing that for years. It's It's been a con- constant process of undermining their relationship. When you grow up in this country, in America, they tell you that the policeman is your friend. That you can trust the police. I remember Officer Ollie,
1: the little puppet, came to our school and talked to us about being safe. Yep. So if you've
0: got a problem, you've got something you need to talk to someone about, you can talk to the policeman. Then as you grow up and you enter the real world, but even before you enter the real world, as you're a teenager, and you're hanging out with your friends, maybe going to a party on the weekend where there's some underage drinking going on, the cops show up, they raid the party, people get arrested, people get hurt, and you start to hear f- stories about your friends getting pulled over and harassed by the police for no reason because of, beyond the fact that they're young and driving uh, you start to hear stories about the police targeting people because of the color of their skin or their gender and, and they're coming from your friends so the stories have credibility and then you just get older and you see more and more and more of it and now you, if, I mean if you're in the middle class as these people are, they've been relatively untouched by the police but now the police are coming into their lives and giving orders and making demands. And so all the police do is alienate
2: people. Don't you also see this as evidence that the police forces are in this country and Britain are being more centrally planned and, and um, you know, they're farther from the citizen now? The, exactly right. They continue to, th- those paths continue to diverge. And eventually
0: people are going to get fed up with it. And I'm like you, Mark. I hope it doesn't come to violence. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800 259 9231 that's the SACL C-A-I toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. As we launch into hour number two of the program, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. you can take control. Bring up virtually anything. We go to Wayne, who's got a story about one particular sheriff in America that deserves
2: probably a, a, a bit of applause. What's going on? Yeah, well, it's a sticky situation, guys, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear how you feel about it when I finish telling you about the story. Uh, Sheriff John Green in Philadelphia, ha- who's, who has 30 years experience in law enforcement, has refused to hold these foreclosure sales on foreclosed properties. So um, the sticky part about it is these people did enter into contracts, but yet they um, uh, he's kind of not enforcing them. So hmm. now there's, there's some fraudulent things in, in mortgages, obviously, and we have to deal with that. But...
1: Right. A, a contract is a meeting of the minds. Uh, you, basically, if you don't have an understanding between two people on what it is that someone's buying um, you know, versus one, what something someone's selling, then you don't have a contract. And really, the morga- mortgages have gotten so uh, you know, they're, they're so thick that there's no way that anyone can really have a meeting of the minds. However... Most of these people, I think, did understand that um, you know they, you know they they were buying a, an adjustable rate mortgage. It's called an adjustable rate mortgage. I wonder if the rate will adjust later. Uh, you know now we're at some of the you know at the time three years ago four years ago we were at some of the lowest uh, interest rates ever. Well, right. I wonder where the interest rates are going to go from here. They could go down farther. No, no, we're at the lowest ones ever. Chances are they're going to go up from here. I I, th- I think that uh, the, the, I I don't like some of those mortgages. I really don't, but I don't know that I think that those people were jilted. I don't think I don't think those people were jilted.
0: So let me see if I understand correctly, because I don't know a whole lot about the, the foreclosure process. Essentially, these people default on their loans; they don't pay, and at some point, the bank forecloses. Yeah, sometimes on the, as
1: long as a year. Sometimes they stay in their houses a year after, without paying.
0: And the the bank essentially then says, okay, well you haven't paid. You're in violation of your contract. <laughs> The property is now ours, and they usually take it and then they sell it.
2: Well, they use the courts. They use they usually get a court order, and and then the sheriff's department enforces the court order to foreclose, and then and then uh, create a foreclosure sale. And and uh, Sheriff Green in in Philadelphia is refusing. In fact, he's had he's um, proclaimed a temporary moratorium on all such sales throughout Philadelphia. So the court is ordering the sale or ordering the seizure of the property, and he is not
0: following the orders. Correct. That's what you're saying? Yep.
1: Well, it's it's interesting that he decides not to follow these orders, but he'll follow other court orders, you know? Isn't that ones interesting? That, ones that I would consider to be, uh, you know, far less uh, freedom-oriented.
0: Yeah. This is in no way a principled stand on his particular part. It's political. Um, it's political. Yeah. Sure, sure. And, yeah, maybe he's going for re-election this year. Mayor. Does it mention that?
2: Uh, well, not this year, but I think a lot of it has to do with politics as well. And, 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 and rightfully so in the sense that there are a lot of people in Philadelphia who, who vote for him. I mean, he's, he, he's go for election. And he feels he works for the people. And a lot of people in that town are losing their jobs now because the economy is getting soft and and, and fuel prices are going up. And people are being squeezed in all directions and can't pay their mortgages anymore.
0: Yeah. I I mean, look, you knew what it was. You knew the deal when you got into the mortgage. If it's adjustable rate, you knew it could change. You knew the amount you paid could go up. That's one of the reasons why I did not get an adjustable rate mortgage. How the hell do you budget for that? I have to be able to budget for my mortgage. And so you answer, you ask important questions like that to your uh, mortgage broker. And if you don't ask the right questions and you don't know exactly what you're getting into, then... Well, I, like you said, Mark, if it's not a meeting of the minds, and there's something to be said for that, but that doesn't also mean that you get to sit in somebody else's house.
1: And I do think that uh, in the uh, the loan industry at the time, there was there were some greedy practices going on, but I think that those greedy practices are going to cost people their um, you know they're, they're going to cost money to those uh, banks because they were not hoping to kick people out of their houses; they were hoping to get paid on those mortgages. Yeah, no, that's what their goal the, yeah, was. Yeah, but the
2: banks didn't didn't hold the mortgages; they just. They lent to anybody with a pulse then they, and they saw, sold the mortgages off to other bundled, banks well to wall Street too, and investors who um, bundled them off and, and they were they were bundled into bonds and sold mm-hmm. off to unsuspecting foreigners and so on who are very upset now with the u s banks and don 't trust yep. them anymore
1: hmm. Those people lost their money and they invested in something or they lost some of their money and they invested in
2: something that was uh, you know not great absolutely and, and because of that now, you know this is the mess we 've created now or now we 've created but they 've created. Uh, but all the money and credit that's been created to to funnel this or to fuel this boom in the last eight years is now blowing up on everybody's faces, and and this is the beginning. It's going to get far worse.
0: All right. So I'm interested in knowing more about this particular story. Not because I support the sheriff uh, in uh, protecting deadbeats, but I support him in not following orders. I we talked about this last night. How I think that the liberty movement could really benefit to have some uh, some cops out there that supposedly believe in freedom actually not follow the bad orders that they're given. Uh, Martin Luther King said that it's the duty of a good American to not follow bad laws. And similarly, I think uh, cops that want to be considered good guys by those of us in the liberty movement should not enforce bad laws. And it, it, this guy considers this a, a, a bad order, and he's mm-hmm. chosen to not enforce it. What kind of uh,
2: penalty is he facing, if any? Nothing right now. They're not mentioning any any penalty he might face because he is the highest law enforcement officer in, in the jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So he has the authority to kick out even the feds uh, by traditional American law. Who knows what's in the fine print of some of these new laws they've passed. Is he a sheriff or is he a... He's a
1: sheriff. Okay. He, yeah. yeah. Sheriff's, uh, you know, high stuff. So we're going to get you to run for sheriff, Mark. Uh, I'd I'd be happy to be your sheriff. (laughs) Sheriff However, however, I don't, uh, you know, I'm I'm completely unqualified from the, you know, the average voter's uh, viewpoint. Probably less qualified than than most people would, uh, you know, just the average
2: individual. (laughs) I'd like to see judges refuse to enforce bad laws, also. Sure. Because because there are laws that are passed that are clearly unconstitutional, but yet they're the law. So we we have to enforce them. That mentality has got to go. So this story uh, makes it crystal clear that the cops don't
0: have to obey all of their orders. That they, they apparently can pick and choose which ones that they want to obey. We've been obey. told
2: fibs. And, well, what, what a shock, right? And, and he claims it's not the ch- sheriff's job to sell houses, which is kind of kind of funny. But, uh, you know, I question the motivation here. I think some of it's political, although I think the guy does care. I think he really does care about the citizens of Philadelphia but yet, I think it's also a win-win for him because he can use it to catapult himself to some higher office. Yeah, later I, on.
0: I think it's probably a political thing because I, I doubt he cares. If he really cared, he'd stop arresting their brothers and sisters for uh, for smoking marijuana and stuff like that. We if will have he to actually cared about
2: people. We'll have to write him a letter and inform him. Maybe I wonder he just if he doesn't know he's not
1: doing any tax sales for people that uh, you know haven't paid their property taxes. I somehow I doubt yeah. that the government may not want uh, banks to profit, uh, you know, off of uh, you know poor people that didn't know what they were signing. But they sure don't really give a darn about, uh, you know, what uh, what the, the the average person who can't pay their taxes, you know, the, their house getting taken away from them. Sure enough, uh, so eight hundred two
0: five nine ninety two thirty one is the number for you to comment on this story or whatever it is you want to talk about. In the meantime, we go to Becky Acres at Lou dot Talking about government's moral compass, she says it's always amusing when politicians, cops, and other denizens of the dark side lecture the rest of us about morality. A hit-and-run accident in Hartford, Connecticut, has given everyone from the city's chief of police to the state's governor an excuse to scold the citizens who pay their salaries. On Friday, May 30th, 78-year-old Angel Torres tried to cross the street when one car nearly clipped him and a second hit him. Mm. Neither driver appears to so much as tap his brakes in a video captured by a surveillance camera. Mr. Torres is tossed like a rag doll, as the Associated Press put it, and then lies motionless in the middle of the busy two-lane avenue. Gosh. Pedestrians stand staring on the sidewalk. Cars maneuver past the poor man without apparent concern. Others slow or temporarily stop. A motorcyclist cuts over to survey Mr. Torres, and the bystanders stepping off the sidewalk to gather around him, then roars off. A cop... Coincidentally, in the area, cruises into things about 70 seconds after Mr. Torres goes down. Aside from the person who hit Mr. Torres, and there's no doubt the driver knew what he'd done, the victim is briefly splayed against the Honda's front passenger window before bouncing off, folks react rationally. They're stunned, hesitant, unsure of what to do, but not so much that they've forgotten First Aid's first lesson, which is try not to move the victim. Right. Brian Hare, 37, who walked over to the accident scene after buying some smoke, says that Mr. Torres was conscious and bleeding. He added, I'm not skilled enough when it comes to blood flowing, or I would have helped him. Good call. Turns out the accident paralyzed Mr. Torres, and as every course in first aid advises, if the neck is injured, moving it can lacerate the spine and cause paralysis. Until proven otherwise, assume such an injury is possible, and wait for the professionals. More coming up on the... Cops response to all of this in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download totally free
1: on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. If you have a company or you know somebody in your family that has a company and... Uh you're having trouble with collections or you just don't like doing the collections work, accounts receivable is a pain in the butt, Sacle CAI supports the show. They're great liberty-minded individuals, and they'll do a fantastic job. They collect uh, your bills without breaking the kneecaps of the people that owe you money. They do it with respect, and a ho- there's a better chance that those people will uh, still think you're a good guy afterwards. Sakel CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com.
0: A little bit more about this story, and then we go to your phone calls from Becky Akers at LewRockwell.com, talking about a 78-year-old man who just a few days ago was hit by a car as he tried to cross the street in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, As the drivers drove off afterwards, the people, uh, many... Folks that were nearby continued to drive by, and uh, a few people stopped. One man said that he understood from uh, first aid that he shouldn't be moving the victim, that uh, he realized that he was not skilled enough when it it came to blood flowing, he says, or he would have helped out. It turns out the accident paralyzed Mr. Torres, uh, Angel Torres, the 78-year-old. And that, as every first cor- excuse me, every course in first aid advises if the neck is injured, moving it can lacerate the spine and cause paralysis until proven otherwise, assume such an injury is possible. But Hartford's chief of police sees callousness, not caution. Daryl Roberts, the chief, claimed no one came to his aid. There were actually people looking at him and driving away. The outraged Daryl thunder, these sorts of situations dehumanize our community." before he inadvertently told the truth. I'm ashamed to say our city has a toxic relationship with ourselves. So why not pull the plug on that poison and abolish the municipal government? Darrell fired his volley after seeing the very graphic video, which he decided sent a very bad message. He leaped to the usual conclusion of Leviathan's lackeys. Citizens are stupid, derelict, and incompetent. No wonder they failed to help Mr. Torres. He said, we'll no, we no longer have a moral compass said the guy who des- devotes a good portion of his day to stealing other people's property. Year to date, we have seized close to 180 guns, Daryl brags on his blog. Last year, we seized 400. In one day alone, vice and narcotics detectives conducted seven hotspot de- uh, details, resulting in 42 arrests, seizure of two firearms, three vehicles, 10 grams of crack, 1,300 bags of heroin, and 12 grams of cocaine. Anything goes, despaired this chief among pr- plunderers. Plunderers, And so Robert said he was calling out city residents. I'm challenging them to treat people with dignity and respect, he said. This is no longer acceptable. Hmm, says Becky. Wouldn't treating people with dignity and respect mean not picking their pockets, nor insulting their intelligence by renaming robbery taxation? Should it include prohibiting inspectors from invading businesses and homes on the presumption that without the city's guidance, slovenly citizens will wallow in filth and unsafe conditions? How about butting out of the marketplace so that consumers can buy whatever they wish wherever they please? Assuming that we silly fools will overdose on heroin or blow ourselves up with fireworks doesn't exactly exude dignity and respect now, does it? Talk about living in a glass house. Let's hope Daryl's hypocrisy inspires enough rock throwing to demolish it. Surprise, surprise. Chief Roberts' bias against the citizens he supposedly serves so blinded him that he never bothered to check with 911. He had to backtrack when someone pointed out that four people called 911 within a minute of the accident and that the victim received medical attention shortly thereafter. Daryl might have suspected as much since one woman in the infamous video appears to be clutching something, presumably a cell phone, to her ear. She stands directly in the motorcyclist's view. Perhaps that explains why he rides off. He decided enough people were already dialing 911. Dozens more might have phoned, except bystanders speculated that people were afraid to get involved because they don't feel comfortable talking to the police. Mm. Say it ain't so. Naturally, Connecticut's governor couldn't resist the temptation to burnish her own rectitude by denouncing citizens' lack of it. Jody Rell reflexively and ignorantly condemned the reaction of some passers-by who did little in the moments after the crash to assist Mr. Torres. Mm -hmm. She considers the video beyond chilling nope says becky that would be government yep that reflects their real attitude towards people it is an us versus them attitude isn't it yeah
2: it's it's a shame but that's what it's become you're just a little
0: peon wayne what do you know i know a lot of stuff Uh, mister how how dare you you just drive on past that accident shouldn't you get out of your car and stop your day and assist what would have happened if everybody who was driving by stopped their car then
1: you've got a bunch of people standing around that don't know what the hell to do with a, an accident victim. And we're, we're told that the, uh, the victim here was uh, paralyzed as a result of the accident, and it, it, it's tragic. Yes. Uh, it, we're told that he was uh, paralyzed as a result of the accident, but do we really know that he was paralyzed as a result of the accident, or a result of the professionals putting him on the, uh, the
2: neck board? You also have a bunch of citizens rushing off to work to pay their taxes because their taxation so high in that town.
0: Uh, the question about the neckboard, Mark. I, well, we don't know where the paralysis came from. Certainly, there's a good chance it came from the car accident. And it sure could the, have. The paramedics are trained on how to do those sorts of things. That
1: mean, I, people are trained on uh, how to do all kinds of things. It doesn't so, mean they do a good job necessarily I understand every that. time. But it's, better it's, to
0: have them do it than some guy, you know, who doesn't know anything. Sure. At all.
1: But we're getting, um, you know, we're getting the assumption here that that uh, that the, 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 the only people that can do anything correctly. Is the you know people that work for government, and that's just not so.
0: Yeah, uh, wait. Don't government recruit their workers from the rest of us? Aren't we all the same? Basically, then they get
2: they get indoctrinated into this attitude that they're superior,
0: right? And we see it all over the place, and it's disgusting. They aren't better than us, just because they're public servants. This is the attitude I've come across a few times when I've called the local talk show here in Keene uh, from some of the statists, like the politico-statists out there. They'll, uh, they'll try to one-up you by saying, well, have you served your country? As, as though, if you don't work for the government in some
2: way, that you're inferior to them. Well, what makes them think that the government officials shouldn't be held to the same standard as individual citizens? That's a great question. I can't answer for them.
1: You know, I can, I can see that uh, some of the people that have asked you that question, um, I can see that they're saying, "Well, you don't know what it's like to do the job," and that's true. But you know, they're not looking at it. It's from usually your as a qualifier.
0: Either. It's usually it's usually used as a qualifier to say, "Well, I've served the I've served the country," In other words, and so therefore, I'm so much better than you. In other
2: words, they collected a paycheck and didn't produce a thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm out here every single night of the week serving my customers with a product that they voluntarily choose to consume and we voluntarily choose to do business together. I'm serving those people that are looking for my product. So it's not like I haven't served anybody in my entire life.
2: It's just that I haven't been a bureaucrat. And apparently that means I'm inferior to the rest of them. You know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody at Porkfest last night who emigrated here from the Soviet bloc and and he he was he was it's amazing talking to these people because they can see it all coming. Mm-hmm. They can see it coming all over again and 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 you see the look on their the sadness and grief because they they worked so hard to get away from that place and come here to be free and now they're seeing it encroach upon them here. It must be just awful
0: to be in that position and maybe is, were they a Free State Project member? Yes. Oh, great. Well, they've made the right choice. If you are concerned with the direction the country is going, With the increase in tyranny and control, then the Free State Project is something you should look into. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Mac is on the line in Montana. We'll talk to him and you as well. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the uh, wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. The wiki is basically the listener editable version of our website. Uh, So head over to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive there.
1: It's free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. President Barack Obama, maybe John McCain, Ah! the North American (laughs) Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org.
0: As we go to your phone calls, Mac is on the line in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mac. Hey, Mac. How
4: are you guys doing this
0: evening? Hey, just super. What's on your mind?
4: Oh, long time no talk, but this uh, mortgage deal you were talking about, I thought I might throw a couple points at you. All right. Great. There has been a, a whole bunch of uh, questionable uh, loan practices going on in the last few years. And uh, that Spitzer guy in New York, right before he got added for his uh, hooker uh, addiction, <laughs> uh, he announced to the state that he was going to uh, investigate the uh, uh, the dirty dealings of the bankers and doing these uh, shady deals and shady loans. Hmm. Yeah, uh, because they were uh, they were pretty you know the pretty ruthless uh, banking things going on, and the other point was there was a judge uh, in uh, Southwest someplace or or Southeast I forget where he was from but uh, he got up, made your uh, headlines when he a uh, uh, guy was foreclosed on and he uh, took the bank uh, to court and. He said, uh, show me the paper. You know, show me the paper on this mortgage. Show me, you know, where's it at? Who's got it? Where's it at? Yep. Well, the bank couldn't produce the mortgage because they'd sold it already. I mean, like you said earlier, right. they just... It
0: they was bundled it, they in. They were trying to foreclose on something they didn't even actually own?
4: Well, obviously, they were still taking, you know, the, the paperwork or whatever was still... They were still collecting. Yeah, they the were
2: servicing bank. the loan, but they didn't hold it anymore. Huh, okay.
4: Right. Well, anyway, the judge agreed with the homeowner that if the bank that was trying to foreclose on him couldn't show the judge the paper for the uh, the mortgage paper or the title, you know, whatever, then uh, he threw the case out of court. Because most of these foreclosures, you can't find your, you know, you see what I'm saying? You can't find your papers anymore once after a certain period of time. Yes. They've been sold off mostly to the hedge funds, you know, they... Mostly go to the hedge funds and so Why
0: would like the that. bank continue? I don't know much about the loan industry. Why would the bank, once it sold the mortgage, why would it continue to collect payments? That, that's, it getting that it paid a, a, for that? Yeah. It's getting a cut?
2: Yes. yes. Well, it's getting uh, a yeah, servicing it. fee. Yes.
0: So then it would have to be the owner who foreclosed. Whoever it was that bought the mortgage would then be the one to, to foreclose. So essentially they were foreclosing when they had nothing to foreclose
2: upon, right? Right, exactly. But a lot of these mortgages were bundled with thousands or you know tens of thousands of other mortgages into one security that was sold right. to somebody, and then once it's there, I guess it gets lost somewhere. Who knows what happens to it, but they couldn't produce the actual paperwork because of that. So the judge threw it out of court. Now, it,
4: it, it ends up a computer note or a computer number, a digit, and then they can't produce the note. They can't produce the, the mortgage, you know, and so it, and the judge threw it out of court. The guy got his house.
1: Hell, well, good for him. Yeah, well, you Got know, him on a technicality. I, I think that the the, um, the American Dream is kind of working against uh, the. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's sort of unfair uh, the way they're looking at the banks in the, this situation. A lot of these people don't pay their mortgages for a year, and they're still able to say, stay in "quote unquote" their house. I mean, it's your house if you buy it, but not if you get a mortgage on it. Yeah, um, and it's the bank. Then it's the bank's house. And, you know, what's the difference really between, um, you know, th- that and, say, renting property? Well, you know, at some point you've got to leave the rental property. At some point you've got to leave the house. You know, you pay a monthly fee to- in order to stay there. They couldn't pay the monthly fee anymore. They got free rent for a year.
4: Well, I'm just saying that there was a very – I mean, this guy, this guy in, uh, in New York, Spitzer – you know, he he got out on his uh, uh, little deal with the hookers because he was going to go out to the banks because they were doing the bad dealings. It's
0: interesting, it. it's interesting speculation. You always have to wonder when you hear about somebody who's real high up in the uh, government rankings going down. You That's always right. have to wonder who they crossed. And it's an interesting mm-hmm. sp- uh, speculation on your part, Mac. Thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate the story.
2: You know, they say that J. Edgar Hoover, when he was uh, head of the FBI, used to have dirt on everybody. And I mean everybody. Well, it was his job. Yeah. Right? Dig politicians. Up dirt. I mean everybody.
0: Let's continue with Dan, who is listening also on KGEZ in Kalispell, Montana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Yes, yeah, I enjoy your show. I just wanted uh, to make an observation. Um, off topic. But the other day I went into a, into a sandwich shop, a sandwich store, and wrote out a check. Um, happens all the time, but out here they ask you for. Um, your birth date on the a check, a driver's license number, expiration date, and uh, I refused to give it to the guy. he got kind of hostile, but I guess my question is the check's good. I got the money. But if it was bad, I mean, what good is my birth date going to do on the check?
1: I guess hunt um, you down? All
5: no, other information, you know?
1: I, I, I guess it could be used to hunt you down. A check's sort of, uh, to some extent, it's a contract between you and the sandwich shop, um, right. you know, saying, I will pay, because they haven't actually gotten their money yet. And, and you know, the, coming from the business standpoint, it really stinks to have to uh, deal yeah. with return checks and all that kind of thing. I remember one time we were in
0: uh, this podunk little town here in New Hampshire at a gas station where they actually had a little poster board near the register with bad checks People that had written bad checks, they had actually taken the checks and said, you know, do you know these people? And they put the checks up on the poster board so you could see who all the deadbeats were in uh-huh. town. And uh, I just thought that was great. I think that whatever it is they're looking for um, is totally reasonable in that particular case. They're trying to yeah. just do business, and if that makes them – if having that information makes them feel better, whether or not it will actually help, you know, catch anybody – How could it, right? I mean, if you just write that stuff on the check and they don't check it against any information right there then on the spot, you know, against like a driver's license or some other form of ID to verify that it's all true, then you could still have stolen someone's checkbook and still, you know, write some BS on there. But but it's just something to help them feel better about it. Like, you're willing to jump through these
1: hoops, so therefore we feel better about giving (laughs) you the sandwich for, you know, on spec. And if you don't want to give out your birthday, and I totally understand, I, I refused to give my birthday to a, uh, a doctor's office that was asking it, and I you know, sort of asked the woman why. Well, we use it for our computers to be able to identify it in case there's another Mark Edge out there. And I'm uh. like, well, you know, I did, I've already checked the phone book. I, I happen to know there are no edges in town at all. I think you should be okay. I'll tell you what year I was born in order to uh, be able to uh, decide whether or not I can have this uh, little work that I want done. But I'm not willing to give my, uh, my, my date of birth, because that's information that that could be used by, uh, you know, uh, identity thieves. and That's true. It's it's I nice. I was getting that,
5: you know. That's going uh, to send me a birthday card or something. But yeah, you know. right.
1: You're going to send me a bottle of rum on my birthday? <laughs> why, what, why am I giving you this information? So,
0: Dan, did you end up getting the sandwich? I did. That's
5: just the way the guy, you know, I I refused to give it to him. And and I kind of stepped back and he goes, stand over here, sir. And I thought, I said, what is this, is the police department? <laughs>
1: so I,
5: you know, why, why am I being treated like this? And he he kind of calmed down later, but you know it's just kind of, just kind of odd. I thought. You yeah. Know?
0: Well, I, 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 while I think it's I, I, you know there's two sides you can look at this from. While I think it's reasonable for a business to ask for that for that extra information. I also think that, you know, if you were to step away, then the decision is in his hands to say, well, hmm, you know, how badly do I want the sale? Am I willing to waive my uh, requirements and just take the check so I can sell another sandwich and hope that it's good? Because then he has a decision to make. Because you were going to buy his product, and now you're backing away from the deal, and he doesn't really want that to happen it's a contract
1: dispute, and you're not willing to to hold up to what he's asking for is in the contract.
5: Yeah, that's true. I I, I just kind of took a step back. You know, out of the, out of the line.
1: Good for you. <laughs> the
5: line. You know, and I see it, but he just kind of, I felt like I was in the police department there for a while. You know, mm-hmm. he was a big dude and kind of, you know, had a, had an attitude about him, but,
0: <laughs> but Very yeah, Dan, thanks for the story tonight. We yeah, appreciate thanks. hearing from you. 800 Nobody's
1: going to nobody nobody, nobody is responsible for your personal information except you. You're responsible to keep that personal information out of other people's hands. And it's your face, it's your date of birth, it's your social security number, it's your driver's license number, your fingerprints. These are the your personal information and you're responsible for them.
0: Coming up in moments, we will defend the indefensible Nazis, 800-259-9231, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the Sekel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program, you like what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. You can go to store.freetalklive.com, order great Free talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. So, to defend the indefensible. Now look, let me preface this story briefly with a disclaimer. I don't agree with these people's viewpoint, the neo-Nazis, that is. I find them despicable, distasteful, disgusting individuals, and I find their belief system absolutely awful. However, as a supporter of the freedom of speech, and the supporter of uh, individuals being able to choose for themselves how they want to raise their families, I absolutely support them being able to indoctrinate their children With whatever sort of malarkey and gobbledygook nonsense that they want to. Yeah, malarkey. So, we begin the story. From the Winnipeg Free Press, Child and Family Services recently seized two young kids from a Winnipeg home based on concerns that their father, an alleged neo-Nazi, was filling their heads and marking their bodies with messages of hate. The free
1: press has learned. Messages of hate.
0: The government agency is seeking a permanent order of guardianship based on ongoing concerns about the safety of the 7-year-old girl and 2-year-old boy. A Court of Queen's Bench case is ongoing with the next hearing set for, I guess, this was a couple days ago. Anyway, the free press is not publishing the names of the parents to protect the identity of the children. The bureaucrats at CFS wrote that the children may be at risk due to the parents' behavior and associates. The parents might endanger the emotional well-being of the children.
1: There's a lot of mites and mays involved in this. it's what
0: I was going to say. They may be at risk, and they might be in danger.
1: Winnipeg police... Can't that be said about every child? Yes, it
0: could. Oh, you might let your kids go play on the playground, and that could put them in danger. There could be a molester out there. Winnipeg police confirmed their involvement in the case, which came to a head in late March when school officials raised concerns about the little girl. A source familiar with the case said she showed up one morning in class with disturbing scrawlings on her body, including a swastika and the common white supremacist tag of 14-88. I don't know anything about that. You'll learn more here. The number 14 refers to a familiar slogan, slogan containing 14 words. Uh, Which is, we must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children. The 88 represents the letters HH, the 8th in the alphabet, to main Heil Hitler. Constable Pat uh, Shabedon confirmed the father was recently interviewed based on allegations he was involved in hate crimes involving children. No criminal charges have been laid at this time, but police turned the file over to the bureaucrats at the CFS. So, basically, the cops don't have enough evidence to charge him with anything, so they turned it over to CFS. They don't need evidence to steal your kids. No, no, they don't. And that's what they did. Sources say a search warrant was recently executed at the family's home. Several items, including a computer, were seized. Huh. Search warrant during a child. Custody thing? Anyway, the mother of the children is also named in the CFS application as being unfit to parent based on her relationship with her husband. Yeah, she she happens to be married to her husband, or whatever. He is the young boy's father and the girl's stepfather. There are also concerns about parental drug and alcohol use in the home. Oh, my goodness. Parents should not be able to inebriate themselves in front of their children. That might set a bad example or something like that, even though parents across the
1: country... are inebriating themselves as we speak, yeah certainly, um there are people out there that drink far too much in front of their kids, absolutely true, including politicians by the way, yeah, I'm sure that's true, and that they are, they don't have their kids taken away, but th- the idea that we would allow this to happen just goes to show just how dangerous this is because well yeah, don't do you drink any alcohol I mean who gets to decide who how much? what's too much yep. The
0: parents are believed to be fighting the application for guardianship on several grounds, including a belief that their right of freedom of speech shouldn't be interfered with and a denial they're polluting their children's minds. The couple couldn't be reached for comment, and they have not yet filed affidavits outlining their position. A judge recently ordered a psychological report on the father as part of the ongoing case. That's the latest on the story. Now, it's pretty easy to predict what's going to happen here. They're going to get railroaded. It won't really matter what they say about themselves. They're neo-Nazis. Right. Case closed case closed. People don't like neo-Nazis and so therefore nobody is going to stand up for these folks. Unpopular stance, right? Nobody is going to uh you know to put their reputation on the line except for Free Talk Live. Nobody's going to put <laughs> their
1: reputation there.
0: Reputation on the line to say, "Hey, leave these people alone."
2: And that's the problem with the so-called democracy is in this case you have 90, the 99% are going up against the 1% and Right. and and, and Everybody, each person has to have their rights protected, no matter how foul they are, even if you don't agree with them, even if they're smokers, even if they want to eat um, trans fats. It doesn't matter. They all need to have their rights protected. Otherwise, everyone loses their rights eventually. Yeah, and, of course, you know, the, the Reverend Mar- Martin Niemeler's poem comes to mind. I
1: think it was a pastor, but... Pastor, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, first they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't a trade unionist, so I did nothing. Then they came for the communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I did nothing. They came for, I don't know, the Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever they in came for. In that case,
0: it was the Nazis that were doing the coming for. But now, in this case, the tables have turned, and now the Nazis are being came for. And so you could... Uh, it's not the same Nazis, though. No, yeah, that's they're, true.
2: They're just a different uh, band of, of Nazis.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I completely disagree with these people's viewpoint. I think it's awful what they're doing to uh, to indoctrinate their children. But I would try to find some more creative way to solve this particular problem. Perhaps if I lived in the uh, the same neighborhood and I had kids, I would, for instance, maybe encourage them to to befriend them and, you know, perhaps try to counteract the programming that the parents are indoctrinating into their kids. That's if I cared enough about it, and I really don't – I don't care. They're your kids. You can teach them whatever it is you want to teach them because you have to understand. To those of you out there listening to this saying oh, – that's disgusting. They're Nazis. They should be, they, no Nazi should be able to have children.
1: I don't think most people really care. Uh, most people are just sort of like, eh, whatever, they're Nazis, uh, big deal. Whatever happens well, to them happens to them. Well, see, okay. these
2: Nazis aren't in power, and that's the problem when, when the Nazis were, were in power before, that they oppressed others. Now, all of a sudden, they're not in power, and, and these other people who don't call themselves Nazis are. It just goes to show how the
0: tables get turned and that if you think that you're safe because your people are in charge of the government, just wait. It's like we talked about earlier in the show with uh, the U.K. where the police, they've got quotas, so they're cracking down on the middle class because they're easy to go after. And in this particular case, the Nazis, are, are, they're going after them because they know nobody's going to stand up for them, just like they went after FLDS, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, just like they went after Strong City, another religious group in, the, uh, the, in some portion of New Mexico. They went in and they went after all these kids because their parents have divergent belief systems that are not of the norm. And, of course, what is the norm anyway? What, Christian is that what the norm is in America? They used to feed those people to lions, I heard. So, you know, look, if you're a, if you're a good Christian out there listening to this saying, yeah, well, they, you should take away their kids because they're bad. Well, what happens if someone gets into power that decides that Christianity is bad? Mm-hmm. I, for instance, am no fan of organized religion. I think that it's dangerous. I think that, uh, that it, it, it discourages individuals thinking for themselves. And I'm, I'm not in charge, nor will I ever be in charge. And if I was, I would certainly never, uh, I would certainly never impose my viewpoint on others. But some have no compunctions about that. They, they have no problem saying, well, our viewpoint is right, your viewpoint is wrong. We're willing to use armed men to come and steal your children from you to show you how right we are. And the problem is that eventually the tides are going to turn against whoever it is that's running these programs today. And somebody who disagrees with their viewpoint may end up getting
2: into power and cracking down on their kids and their freedom. What about the fact, I always ask myself, why? what prompts these people to become uh, Nazis in America today? What prompts people to join these fringe groups to begin with? Obviously they're misguided, there's no question about that, but... They're seeing something, and I think they're misinterpreting it. But they're seeing the same thing we are, but they just don't have the the tools to analyze it properly. I don't know, Wayne. I I, I you know I don't know a lot of Nazis,
0: but from the experience I've had learning about them over the years, it certainly seems to be a, a, a tradition that's handed down. So you know, you've got a granddad and a and a who taught his son all the you know the hatred and you know the same thing applies for other groups that you know are of different race that hate other people you know there's certainly uh, black racists and hispanic racists out there too uh but but basically it's taught as a kid you know you're taught that uh that you're better you're taught that the those other kids of the different skin colors are inferior to you and it's a bunch of nonsense it's mm-hmm. a bunch of lies but that's what they're taught and they're indoctrinated with it so heavily and these these neo nazis are so obsessed with it i watched a a video about the, uh, the the twins the nazi twins called nazi pop twins uh they they sing and it was, a, it was a great video, by the way. It was a great documentary about their life and, and how they aren't maybe exactly what their mother wants them to be. But the, the dad is obsessed with Nazi everything. He brands his cows with a swastika. I mean, these people, that's what they live and breathe. They're despicable. That's what the, that's what the filmmaker wanted you to believe. But you should leave them alone. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live
2: all terms used to describe dan carlin earlier in his career the angry young wolf you deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours mussolini on the veranda i'm a longtime proponent ladies and gentlemen that fighting war should be a pain in the ass a big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk let's hook that area on american
1: culture and give those fanatics
2: something to really deal with
1: you think you're tough Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's
2: Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll free number at 800 259 9231. CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne? And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We roll right into your phone calls. Mike in Bell, listening on KGEZ, you're on free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Uh,
6: good evening, gentlemen. Hey, What's on your uh, mind? I'm going to try and roll through a few quick comments. First, I would like to say I wish Al Gore was here to support his New global, do global warming theory in Kalispell, because at my house, I watched it snow eight inches yesterday. Wow. <laughs> so global warming is alive and well, and we need a good carbon tax.
1: <laughs> yeah, global warming, I would agree with you, is, is a bunch of crap.
0: Well, that's why uh, they're calling uh, it global climate change now. See, it's no oh, longer just warming. Uh, okay. It's yes. whenever the climate changes, it's all man's fault. Get it? Right. Any, anytime the weather changes, uh, yeah. it's us fault. It's us. Either,
6: either way, we need a good tax to deal with it, That's right? That's true. So,
0: Either way, they will propose new taxes. That will fix it, it. yeah. Uh,
6: the other comment was on what I heard on the news of the new um, uh, get on the airline, get on the airplanes, you know, the scanning thing shows intimate parts and stuff. Yes. And one guy goes, anything to keep us safe. So, I think oh, what geez. everybody ought to do at the airport is just Go in naked for, here you go, man. you are going to look at it anyway, so let's get on with it. This is yeah. what you perverts want to look at.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea. It would certainly make an interesting protest. Any it would other make
6: thoughts? Us all, it would make us all safe to see everybody naked, right?
0: Well, I think we should see more people naked, personally. We were talking about this today, uh, that it's, it's time we have some sort of... Uh, Female nudity, civil disobedience—at least Uh, toplessness—to start things Uh, with. Well, I'm sure all the men would support that, but well, uh, no, apparently not all of them would. The ones that want to pretend like uh, they—they, oh, this is inappropriate. Of course, would uh, be seen as not supporting it, though. In reality, they wouldn't be able to tear their eyes away. (laughs) Uh, But Uh, if uh, if we actually uh, had that happening, I think it'd be an interesting civil disobedience, and I think it's a principled one, and I think we're going to see that happen here at some point in New Hampshire. So, looking forward to that.
6: actually thought about that. I mean, I haven't done air travel for a long time, but I mean, you know, if if they're going to sit there and scan everything, hey, here you go, man. Uh, Take a
0: look. You want me to drop my trial for you? Yeah, it would make that It would make more sense if you didn't walk into the airport naked because then they'd have you before you even made it to the uh, the scanning area. <laughs> so it would make more sense if you just disrobed actually at the uh, the checkpoint. But make sure you're not going anywhere important if that's what you're going to be doing yeah, besides jail. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Exactly. And that. I mean, those are two comments on a couple of absurdities. Uh, back on the uh, topic that you guys were talking about, I agree with a lot of the things that you talk about. Of the things I don't because I am actually a Christian. But, um.
0: That's okay. Guess, well, there are good Christians and then there are bad Christians. See, there are good Christians who leave other people alone, and then there are bad Christians that try to enforce their morality on others via the point of a gun through the government's laws and their uh, policing process. Which well put. I think
6: is insane. I mean, I support everybody's right to just, you know, you can either accept your road to hell or not. I mean, whatever you want to do, that's up to you.
0: Sure. Great. You're one of the good guys. Right, as far you're not as I'm a Pharisee.
1: Concerned.
6: But, um, I guess what I have a hard time understanding is, uh, back to what you were talking about, uh, I'm trying to make this succinctly, but, uh, how far do you go in getting involved in someone's life? If you're going to let someone else do whatever they want, uh, so called religiously or whatever else you want, how about the, um, Muslims with the, um, Mutilation of the female genitalia that is going on yeah, in the that's Muslim a great countries. Question. I mean, it, yeah, is that that's... a good thing to go on here? I mean, how? I uh, hope you realize I'm playing devil's advocate. It is a good question. Let me how how let far me point out.
0: Before you go on, let me point something out. There, there are a lot of people in this country, many of them Christians, who uh, engage in a process of genital mutilation. It was done uh, to me, as a matter of fact. It, it was done to me also. <laughs> Wayne, yeah, I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, it's called Circumcision. And uh well, we're talking about something
6: a lot different
3: though. It's a well, bit different. Isn't, uh, difference is, uh, it's it's worse than the I, continuum.
0: The difference is in degrees, my friend. Mm. Uh you know, I, I agree with you that it's exactly. different. Exactly.
3: So uh, if
6: if um, the mutilation has to do with uh cutting the whole head off instead of the foreskin, would that be considered okay too? Uh,
0: Look, uh, I, don't I, the, I don't think either deg- I don't think yeah, I don't think either of that uh, is okay. And, you know, you're doing something without someone's consent. Certainly, I, I disagree with that. Your question is how involved would I want to get in a situation like that? And, yeah, and how, that's, far, how
6: far do you want to let somebody go?
0: Right, well, that's a question that I think each individual should answer for his and herself instead of leaving it to some sort of, you know, democratic process where the majority gets to rule and decide things for other people's lives. If I know of someone in my life that is mutilating their children in some way or doing something that I consider inappropriate, I have various different avenues with which I can ostracize that person. I can stop allowing my children to spend time with them. I can stop being friendly with them. I can stop servicing them at my business. I can stop, you know, I can also encourage others to do the same thing. And if you really wanted to go further than that, I don't necessarily recommend this. But you could go and do what the cops do and CYD does or CPS. You could go and kidnap the children for yourself, and then you could take no, them somewhere that. No, I,
6: don't, I wouldn't advocate that. I mean, look what they're doing. I mean, in the Mormon children's case. So what you do you take think should be done? Four hundred kids. So what, um, let,
0: let, let's let's say you know that your next door neighbor, you know, has mu- genet- gently mutilated their children. What do you what do you do about that?
6: I think there's just got to be we got to have some kind of standard. I know Ian kind of uh, is an advocate. What for – What do you
0: mean by that? A standard? What do you mean?
6: Laws, laws, yeah. rules, whatever. I mean, if there's no laws, if there's no rules, then it's uh, total anarchy. And but what
0: if the children uh, want to be mutilated? What if they what if they believe it's a good thing and that's going to get them closer to God?
6: Well, it's like the three-year-old, I think it was a three- three or four-year-old, whatever, the people, um, let's see if you remember this, there were parents that said that their daughter, I I do believe it was, was saying she wanted to be a man. So they decided to give her a sex change at three or four years old. So I think we all agree that at uh, three or four years old, a child and not make a rational decision. I would would certainly
0: agree with you. No doubt about it. And here's what I would suggest. You should go and live on a, uh, a piece of property that has deed restrictions or private law, whatever you'd like to call it. You can call it deed restrictions. You can call it private law. Then, you know, in that world of private law, you can construct and create whatever sort of rules that you want to as far as the behavior of your neighbors is concerned. And if you want to ban things like mutilation or hitting children or whatever it is that you consider uh, anathema to your belief system – It would it would not be allowed by punishment of whatever it is that you determine the punishment should be. And before one moves to that community, they have to agree upon those rules. Right. Then you wouldn't have anyone around you that was doing those awful things, and you wouldn't have to be concerned with it. And then those who wanted to mutilate their children or whatever could go and live together in their own little you know their own little society. I'm going to take
1: by the way. I'm going to take the easy way out on this. I'm going to call it a crime to um, generally mutilate. uh, So what's uh, so okay? So what do you do about it then? What do you do about it? Yeah. People that are cutting parts off of kids? It's awful. Um, I think we could uh, pr- we can find some kind of uh, punishment. Like what? Give it, go ahead. Go out on a limb. Let's put them in jail. All right. Let's go talk to your mom first. Okay. Right, because she's guilty, isn't she? Yeah, I think that How they, about, you, you do understand that uh, the general mores of society are what uh, you know create... Um, well, wait,
0: you said genital mutilation is a crime, Mark. So I, it, she mutilated you. and you know if She I, hired someone to mutilate you.
1: I think that government's a crime, too. Do you think we should wipe out, just kill them, execute them, chop their heads off of every bureaucrat that lives no. right now? I, well, I, it's a crime, right? Uh, uh,
6: hey, okay, 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 guys. What I'm, what I'm trying to uh, get to some kind of um, common ground with is it seems like what um, you guys are reporting um, uh, mm-hmm. is that you have different sects, so to speak. This is this is your little community. You do what you want. This is our community. We'll do what we, we want. But how on earth do you come with some kind of common ground? Let's say the community next to you is uh, take whatever extreme that you want. And I mean, because you got to take things to a logical conclusion, right? Well, I mean, that wouldn't if be your community. The community next to you has something really uh, out there. Uh,
0: they're killing goats. They're sacrificing goats in front of children. How about that?
6: Yeah, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to do. And the, and the sec next to them is like, you got to be kidding. I mean, we could get into some general area where everybody would just go, oh, my God, that's insane.
0: I want to keep talking about this. Hang on. We'll bring you back for more. 800-259-9231. There are all kinds of things that people do that I disagree with, that I vehemently disagree with, but I would never interfere with their lives in, in most of those cases. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, SACL CAI, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. You okay and over there, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's rude to come back from uh, break laughing, so you need to explain yourself. Why you
2: I, I saw aliens the other night, and I was telling Wayne <laughs> this <laughs> it story. It's funny. <laughs> and Mark said he had to tell me because I would believe him. <laughs>
0: All right, so it is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI told Freeline, join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, including updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want to... Easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com. I N T E R K N O B S dot com, or see their banner on our website at freetalklive.com. They really do
1: have every uh, type and every price range. Did
0: you get your uh, delivery yet?
1: No, I uh, we I th- don't think we've actually uh, decided. You ordered yet? No, still, ha- try- we ordered. still trying to choose, huh? I you know my, my life's been crazy recently. That's I, true. you I'm did supposed just move to move into, into a new home. I'm, I'm supposed to, to to do what it takes to finish up. I have to measure something. Okay, all right. Well, let us know when it uh, when it all shakes out. It'll be. They look very nice on
0: the internet. One 9231 Back to Mike in California. About listening on KGEZ, Mike, you're talking about the uh, the whole idea of allowing your neighbors to have uh, freedom, so you can have freedom for yourself, and that's something that I advocate quite a bit on this program. It's kind of the catch-22 of liberty, and that is that if you want to be free, truly free, to live your life how you want, then you have to allow the weird guy down the street to live his life how he wants. And that's kind of what we were talking about, and you were in the middle of making a point, I believe, so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to, to get it out there. Go ahead, sir.
6: Yeah, I guess uh, my point is, you know, what, what extreme are you going to let it go? Because, you know, you got uh, neighbors. If you have your community, and there's another community, and they're, like, within a mile from you, how about 50 feet from you, whatever, whatever the border is between you and them, and you guys support whatever, and they support something else, what extreme... Uh, will you allow something to go?
0: Well, because any,
6: anybody can say, you know, what, I've got some kind of religious thing. It's really,
0: you know what, it's none of my business, what they do in their community. And if I'm bothered by the amount of distance between my community and theirs, then that's my fault for not putting more distance in between us, not buying the land in between or, or whatever. Uh, but look, So
6: cannibalism, child molestation, whatever, I'm talking extremes, whatever, that most normal people would just go, geez, that's like really insane.
0: I, look, so I understand. How, how I understand you where you're coming from here, but you have to understand that this is a slippery slope. There are some people out there that will say that polygamy is unacceptable. Certainly not cannibalism, but on their spectrum of what is acceptable and what isn't, they have said that polygamy is unacceptable, and so therefore they're willing to punish those people who are engaging in that practice. Some people say that marrying, uh, you know, teenage girls or teenage boys is unacceptable, and they're willing to punish those folks for that practice. I may or may not disagree with those things, but one thing I do know for sure is that it's none of my damn business. I can feel however I want to feel about it as long as it's that they're not trying to cannibalize me or my friends without their consent. Uh, for instance, there was a story from Germany uh, several years ago of a man who had volunteered to, to be eaten. slaughtered. To yes. be slaughtered. Volunteered to be slaughtered. <laughs> Bizarre stuff. And the man who was doing the slaughtering ended up being charged. And I'm sorry. There was no crime committed the guy consented to being slaughtered and so you know you just have to allow people to make their own choices for themselves if they're making choices you consider to be wrong okay that's okay let them make those choices and let them suffer the consequences from it and if you believe that it's inappropriate to the point where you feel like doing something about it then go and do something about it go and you know, invade their home and their personal space, try to steal their children from them or do something awful back to them. If that's what your viewpoint is and that's what you want to do, you're risking your life. You might possibly die in that process. So if it's if it's worth that risk to you, then you should go and do that.
6: So two questions. Isn't that mostly how most of the wars have gone on throughout time, it, you know, it, forever isn't and and the other would be um, how on earth do you keep people cohabitating in a contiguous land segment without uh, coming up with incredible problems uh, My point of view is I don't agree with the idea that you can't legislate morality because somebody will, legislate morality or the lack thereof.
2: Well, how are you going to feel when someone legislates their morality on you, then? What if uh, you don't believe in global warming? You don't believe in all these laws they're going to pass? Uh, You know, like, for example, the distribution of wealth, the forced redistribution of wealth is somebody else's value that you might not agree with, but you're going to get it on yourself as well. How do you feel about that?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, nobody likes having anything forced upon them that they don't either like or whatever, but Somehow, there will be legislation passed, whether we like it or whether we don't. I mean, we can
0: all... What if there are no legislators? What if there are no legislations?
6: Well, how do you get to that point? I mean, come on, there's a lot of well, people. Well, that's, right.
0: that's a great question. We explore that idea frequently on this program. I think that you get to that point by disobeying. I think that you get to that point by essentially not acknowledging the uh, the so-called legitimacy of those people calling themselves legislators. You can go ahead and legislate all you want, and I will continue to live my life how I want, just as I always have. I do what's what's right based on my set of morals, not anyone else's. And I don't care what they write down on pieces of paper in Concord or Washington, D.C. It's never affected the way I live my life. Well,
2: you know, a lot of Christians homeschool their kids because they don't agree with the public school system. And I support their right to do that. I support a lot of things they believe in. What if they outlaw homeschooling? Exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would like to do just that. You know, the one point that I would like to make on this is sort of counter uh, what I was saying earlier is that, in fact, um, you know, j- just because we send guys with guns in that have uh, neat badges and funny hats in um, in order to stop somebody, you know, to to punish somebody who has done, say, something horrible like uh, female genital mutilation to their child. However, we don't do it for male genital, um, genital mutilation. If we send someone in to stop, it's, it's no different than the suggestion you made, Ian, of, of going in yourself with an armed, um, you know, a bit of an armed gang. Right, do you your own send, dirty work. You're sending in an armed gang.
2: That's right. And I don't right. want to pay for that armed gang, by yeah. the way. The other th- thing is that people call in and always have to bring up the extreme. That's and, true. And that's an but obfuscation. The, the extreme t- tends to be true. Yeah, well, they are, but in in a way it's an obfuscation. how
6: How about something that's not quite as extreme? I've heard you guys use the example of road repair, you know, fire department. It's something that we all agree on that's a great thing, but if you can't agree on an extreme portion of things or some kind of rule of conduct, laws, whatever you want to call it, how on earth are we going to um, agree on? We need a pothole. Builder. We
0: don't have to see. Around. What? Look, Mike. Let me see if I can uh, make this clear because we're short on time. We got to move to other calls. But we don't have to agree. We don't all agree in the marketplace. I, for instance, use Old Spice deodorant. Mark, what do you use? Agree. Degree. Wayne, what do you use? None. We don't all have to agree on everything in order to have society function in the best possible, most efficient way. The marketplace automatically does these things. The things you mentioned, fire department, for instance, are what are commonly uh, considered today as, you know, public utilities. And the fact is, Fire protection is a valuable service that can be offered in the marketplace. Roads are a valuable product that can be offered in the marketplace. And each individual uh, customer can get exactly what they want. That's what the marketplace does. There doesn't have to be any sort of collective decision-making process at all to make this happen. And I'd like to thank you for the call tonight. You can call tomorrow. We'll talk more about what you want at that time. We've got to get to other calls. 800-259-9231. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI. Toll-free line, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231+. So I'm going to tell you about Freedom Engineering. We're in Chapter 5. Freedom Engineering and an, ar- an online anarcho-capitalist adventure series. Tad Galahad catches something in a spam can. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. You know, actually,
1: I've got the uh, the copy for uh, chapter six. Would you like to hear it? What, the, the entire chapter? Well, just the copy for it. Uh, just the you know. That, oh, the, the teaser. Ad, yeah, the advertisement in chapter six, Subterranean. Tad Galahad. Goes to hell. In hell, he finds <laughs> nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. com. Sounds like fun. freedom okay. Uh We continue
0: here with Key in Pennsylvania on the Ampline. Hello, Key.
7: Oh, hello, guys. How are you?
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
7: I was listening to a podcast, and it kind of goes with the theme of tonight. Um, you were talking about traffic laws and how people probably wouldn't run stoplights because they wouldn't want to get killed, um, that sort of thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: But when I, what I was thinking, maybe devil's advocate, I don't know, but what I was thinking of, it also it helps people that won't take advantage of other people. Like, you ever have a, a, a traffic light be out and you can't get across the street because no one's stopping to let you across? Mm-hmm. It, it
1: makes order Well, and um, the way things work. I would agree with you on, in, in that point, that it could be difficult for a pedestrian who doesn't have the, the weight and the, uh, the urgency that a vehicle has. It would be difficult for a pedestrian to get across. But they've tried this. Uh, as a matter of fact, all you need to do is go to one of these third-world countries where they don't have any traffic rules at all. They have no traffic cops, and you'll see that... You know, people want to protect their vehicles, and they don't want to get into accidents. and They don't want to have to deal with, uh, you know, repairs and all that other stuff. So they they manage to get through intersections and all that stuff on their own. However, when you're dealing with, uh, you know, you're on a bicycle or or by yourself, the marketplace would probably have to come up with um, systems to get uh, pedestrians from one side of the street to the other. And I... I I dare say that businesses would do what it takes to get you to their business in the same way that they have parking lots. A parking lot's a big expense. It is not cheap to pay a bunch bunch of ground, put in those little bumper things and, uh, you know, all the lanes and the paint and all that stuff that goes into a parking lot. But they do it because they know that people that uh, buy there want to drive cars there.
0: They expect that,
1: sure. It's, it's not a revenue center. They're not, get, they're not renting those spots uh, for money. It's just a cost money. to do business. It's just a cost to do business. And I think that there very well could be you know, little people bridges or tunnels underneath sure. roads. and uh, you know, Who knows what the marketplace would who come knows? up they with. They would come up with something.
0: And we also know that uh, people, when they have private property, can set rules. So it's not to say there would be no rules on private roads. Uh, there certainly okay, would. Okay, but if somebody somebody's driving
3: down
7: the road and I don't know, decides mm-hmm. not to stop for a red light, or a whole bunch of people decide not to stop for a red light, but then even in my vehicle I can't get across the street unless I want to risk getting in an
1: accident. You know, um, I, I can tell you that it wouldn't. It's your the order is what what's bothering you is that what yeah, what about me and exactly. what about my time to go? When when's my chance to go? And I understand. it probably would be a a problem with order. But think about it for a second. How often have you sat at a light, you know, say late at night, and there's nobody there, but the light's red, and you're just sitting there and sitting there. Sometimes you're sitting there for two or three minutes. Uh, That's idiotic, I know. And and so this is the opposite. And all I'm saying is... for one, I have to pay ten, we pay tens of thousands of dollars for these street lights, and we don 't get anything better the The fact that we pay uh, the fact that you sit there at a stop uh, at a at an intersection and don 't go because there 's a light is the same as sitting at an intersection and not being able to go because there 's all these cars and, don't you th- and it doesn 't cost everybody
2: and don 't you think the values of society
7: yeah, would- they do have a sensor system in the middle of the night if there's no other cars going the light will not
1: take Sometimes you they ride. work sometimes they don't how right. about the uh, left hand turn uh, red arrow don't you think that's the most ludicrous <laughs> asinine childish little light out there you can't turn left even though the lane's clear because you huh. don't you can't you aren't a big girl you can't figure out how to get across the road
2: also if you didn't have all these so called rules don't you think uh, society's uh, values would change on this because when i lived in hawaii I could walk right out in the middle of traffic anywhere with my eyes closed and people would stop. But you do that in New York and you'll get run down.
7: But I'm thinking, don't a lot of people just look out for themselves and not for the other people?
2: I think that it in,
1: they, they often feel in this traffic, you know, the way that the traffic is set up now they 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 do feel that they have to look out for themselves but i i can tell you the different communities are different here in what he's talking about um in hawaii is the same as here in in keene new hampshire if you're walking along the side of the sidewalk and they think for a second that you might turn and um, go into the road because you might want to cross the street, the cars stop. They stop. They want you to cross the street. They'll sit there and go, try to wave you across the street, And even if you don't want to go. I mean, like, different also, communities are different.
0: I'd also like to point something out. I mean, I did say earlier that private property owners can set rules for their property. So, Key, if you're a road owner and you're noticing that people aren't stopping for the stoplights you've put up, then you need to make it clear that one of the rules on your private property is that they obey the traffic control devices. And if they aren't obeying their, your traffic control devices, then you can ban them from your property, just as Walmart, if you you know run around destroying things in their store, is going to say, Key, we don't want you to shop here anymore. In fact, you're not allowed to ever come here again. And so that would be something you could do. And then as a road owner, in, in, inevitably, insurance companies are going to want to hear from you. If you find somebody that has been driving recklessly and dangerously and putting other people in, in, in danger, they're going to want to know about that so they can you know charge them a, a higher rate as necessary. Have you ever been to I, Disney World? I
7: forgot all, all about the private road
2: aspect of the whole thing. Right. Have you been I, to Disney it, World? Yes. Well, Disney World has all their private, their private roads all through there, and, and they've got ways of making sure pedestrians stay, stay safe there. There that's, you go. That's a good point. Keith, thanks for okay, the call. Thank we you appreciate so it. Much. Yep, no problem.
1: 800-259-9231. The Mickey Mouse police cannot write you a valid ticket. But still, somehow, people managed to negotiate. It's not instead. madness on the roads. there. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's not, you know, they haven't mounted blades to the sides of their cars. <laughs> you know, there aren't any <laughs> machine guns <laughs> mowing down pedestrians. It really, I, I, I absolutely, this is an easy one. The government screws up roads in every way that it touches them. The, the, there's, there's a lot ample evidence that even that private roads can work in uh, California. They've turned over several freeways to uh, private companies. And the, even the median's of the freeways, and you can just see which ones work better. People are willing to pay to be able to move along faster on a, a superior road. The private market will work better for roads.
0: And it doesn't require, as our caller suggested earlier, it doesn't require any consent from anyone other than the two people doing business. The business owner and the customer. There's no, You don't have to go and interview every single person that lives within a given landmass to find out whether or not they think it's appropriate to institute a new rule on this one particular stretch of road because that individual road owner will be able to make that decision based on whatever factors he deems appropriate. Maybe it was the right decision, maybe it was the wrong decision he'll know in the short term usually because his customers will let him know whether it was the right
2: decision or not you know here's another point about the whole road situation is that when i was growing up and i first learned to drive i took drivers at it's public school you know and they tell you the first thing to do when you have an accident is call the police and get a police report and then when i moved to another uh, another state another city whatever it was uh i, I was rear-ended and the cops never came Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do? The cops never came. Well, I called my insurance company, gave them my statement, um, got the name and address of an insurance information from the other guy, uh, and they could, they could take pictures of the cars. They could figure out what happened. And without any cops, lo and behold, they figured out who was at fault and who gets paid. How about paid. that? I thought you were
1: going to say you had a flat on your uh, uh, horseless carriage. We go to
2: <laughs> Mike in Illinois.
0: You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, what's Hello. on your mind?
8: Oh, okay, I had a couple things. I just wanted to respond to the uh, last call about the traffic lights. And uh, have you ever noticed that uh, when there's an accident, somebody runs a red light and smashes into somebody, and they interview the person who got hit? It's always the same story. It's like, oh, I didn't even see him coming. Sure. And why didn't they see him coming? Because they trusted in that green light. They didn't even mm. bother looking left or right.
0: They weren't paying they attention. Went. That's a great point. I know you had something else, so hang on. We're going to bring you back. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only a few moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI Toll Free Line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy the program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us at the Amazon link. You go to amazon.freetalklive.com, and when you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So you can order in any category, forty-one categories to shop in there at Amazon. They've got virtually anything you might need in life. Uh used items even. Whatever it is you load up in your cart, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Uh, by the way, you won't see it taken out. You won't see any sort of percentage or acknowledgement that it's going to Free Talk Live, but trust us, if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com, we get a cut. So do your shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com. And what mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And what the hell's an amphibious rotini monster? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week. All at Anarchyinyourhead.com. That's Anarchyinyourhead.com. As we go back to Mike in Illinois, Mike, you're back on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, sir.
8: Hey, hey. Yeah, I uh, wanted to finish up that last uh, comment I was making... The only other uh, country I've ever been to to see their traffic laws is uh, Manila City in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of areas where they have uh, brownouts, they call them. It's like a blackout, but not very long, because their electrical system is so screwed up there. And and a lot of times, there's no traffic lights, no traffic, no stop times, nothing. But somehow, they seem to get by just fine, and it was amazing seeing it, because you'll see... Nobody really stopping. Everybody kind of just goes around each other, and it's like this unspoken law. That it's, like of knows.
0: it's like watching ants. It's like watching ants, you know, interact with one another. It's, it exactly, seems chaotic, yeah. but there is a uh, there is some sort of a voluntary order going on there. Some yeah, natural like, order. Yeah, we were discussing. Yeah, guessing. it's
8: like you drive out in the country uh, around here, where where I live. Where there's a lot of country con- uh, country roads. And it's, there's no law, but it's an, uh, kind of an unspoken law that everybody that drives out there knows. the east-west roads, they, uh, give, they give way to the north-south running roads. So if you're, and there's no stop signs out there. Mm-hmm. So you know you're driving across, and you know you see a car coming north and south, and you're going east and west, you, you just give way to them. And it's, you know, it works out fine. I never, I've never never seen an
1: accident. You know, people wouldn't believe you for a second that uh, there are places in the United States where there are no stop signs. They just wouldn't believe it. you. They, <laughs> you're they, you're just, right. You're they, probably right about they that. They just simply don't. It, it's it's not their world, so they can't imagine how in the world cars could manage to get through an intersection without this happening. But I'll tell you, during the hurricanes in Florida, it's happened more than one time um, for Ian and I. You, you know, the lights yeah. go out, and, and people are still going about their little business, and yeah, every once in a while, some jerk will jump out and when it's not his turn, but... So what? Right, but yeah.
8: generally they take turns, don't they? I mean, yeah, they, they sure, sure do. Yeah.
1: Well, people yeah. understand, for the most part,
0: people are reasonable with one another, and they understand that everyone's trying to get somewhere, and so they manage to cooperate in some wonderful way that allows that to happen. When Key called in earlier, she made it sound like you know the place she lives, everyone's a jerk, and no one's going to allow anybody into uh, their lane of
1: traffic, that sort of thing. And look, if that's really a place where you're living, maybe you should move. Well,
6: exactly.
1: You know, and another point is is that the jerks drive. Like jerks, and jerks get in wrecks, and uh, people yeah. that get in wrecks, their uh, auto insurance will go up, and those people will have to—they'll be obligated to pay for the, any accidents that they cause, uh, you know, because the other, just as you'd said, uh, insurance companies can figure out who did what pretty easily by the evidence uh, on hand. So the one insurance company will pay the uh, the, the other insurance company, and and your, your bills are taken care of from that standpoint. And the jerk, his rates go up. He's punished. There's no reason yeah. to write a uh, you know 150. $50 check to the police for running a stoplight when you um, hurt somebody. It's the person who got hurt. They need to be compensated. The
2: police didn't get hurt. We're also stuck right. in this paradigm of lights and, and stop signs. And here in Keene, they've, they've actually eliminated a few intersections by creating these roundabouts or rotaries, which don't have, consist with any lights at all. And, and traffic just flows, and people let each other through, and it works the same way. And the marketplace could come up with something like that as well if we didn't have that type of, of uh, bureaucratic Absolutely. control. No, oh, yeah, anymore. half
8: the road rage is just sitting there waiting for a, to go left on a red light, God, you know, that's when there's no annoying. traffic coming. Oh, I just go. 20 minutes.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll just go at this point. Like, you oh, know, I, I do used to too.
8: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to I before I forget, I got to yes, let sir. you know what happened to me in that exact same situation. They actually had a malfunctioning left turn signal light. Mm-hmm. I sat there for almost a half an hour. I usually would have uh, And it never changed. So I I came to the conclusion that there was something wrong with the light. So I went and over across the street at the Olive Garden there was a cop. Oh no! Me. Yeah, so he pulled me over. This happened just last week. This had I didn't even think I didn't even remember this till just now. And I you should have waited until on. you
0: died, Mike. But
8: that's that's basically his attitude. He didn't give me a ticket. I mean, he was pretty cool about it. But I had to. I said, look, I mean, what was I supposed to do? Sit there till, you know, it was about nine o'clock. PM. What am I supposed to sit there till morning? I mean, well, and he, he kind of backed up and I like, took a deep breath and was like, "Well, yeah, just go on." I don't know what I did. <laughs> yeah, what do you say to that? <laughs> well,
1: I, I know. Did and you let me. On. I'm yeah. not leaving until you apologize for that light, officer. <laughs> <laughs> I consider you Wait. responsible for that light. You work for this organization. I'm not leaving until I get an apology. <laughs> hey, Mike. Exactly. No, I'm not leaving. Thank <laughs> you for the call,
0: dude. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line i uh, want to jump so we uh, we've exhausted the calls want to jump into a topic that uh, we discussed last night on the show while you were sitting in the room mark and you didn't have a chance to chime in because you weren't on the air at that time uh, but it was about pantheism and uh, daniel had emailed in asking questions uh, about you know what caused this transformation and uh, why you know why am I a pantheist now instead of an atheist? And since you and I have similar uh, belief systems, and I don't know if Wayne wants to chime in on this, I don't really know what your belief system is, Wayne. Uh, but you know what caused your transformation, Mark?
1: In, into uh, pantheism. Yeah. Well, um, I guess it, you believe it, in the, uh, the. It started slowly, you know. In, in prison, I, I wanted to get out really bad, so I was I decided I'm going to read my Bible and Jesus will get me out of prison. And he didn't, and um, you know that does, that's an unrealistic unre- view of uh, how religion would go. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of realized that um, you know different people in different places they have religions and they've touched this thing called God or spirituality or whatever it is that they you know the, the, this 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 thing out there um, with with their souls and and they have identified it somehow and they've told stories about it. And I I called it the sc- cosmic soup ladle theory because I was explaining it to somebody what I was thinking and I happen to have a soup ladle. Near- Nearby. So I said, you know, if you touch this thing and you just touched it for a moment, you'd feel the curved end of it. And I might feel the, the spoon shaped portion. And we'd talk about bif- different pieces of it. And so it, it, it sort of evolved from there. I realized that. You know, calling people bad and wrong about their religion and saying, um, you know, that the the part you're seeing is, is, is not the the right part or, or, and and wanting to to hurt them over, you know, their religious belief or, or shunning them over their religious belief is just doesn't make any sense to me. And I just don't think i'd want to be uh ruled by a god or or you know have a god that that would send somebody to hell and right know, things I, just sort of evolve from there yeah i like the idea
0: i mean i i when i rejected organized religion and re- religion in general i figured atheism was the logical place to go to but i've never really liked the idea of believing in nothing
1: i i like the idea of believing that and there's You really a, only said i don't know is, uh, like you called yourself an atheist, but your your statements were always "I don't know."
0: Well, I did know that I didn't believe in their gods. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Yeah. And uh, so, but I do like the idea of believing in something greater. That there is something else out there. But I don't like the idea of this sort of uh, monotheistic religious belief system that we see so widespread today that there is one God and he determines what is right, what is wrong. He's always watching to determine whether or not you're obeying him. Making his list,
1: checking it twice.
0: I don't like the authoritarian model of God, essentially. And the, the pantheist belief says that we're all God. Basically, and that we can do whatever it is that we want to do. And I've certainly seen evidence of that, you know, the law of attraction and all that stuff. And so I feel like the the pantheistic belief versus atheism, atheism, very negative, saying, you know, there is nothing. It's kind of nihilistic in that way, whereas pantheism says there is everything, you are part of everything, and you can be whatever it is that you want to be, and that's what you're here to do, is to is to be positive and enjoy yourself and enjoy life, and your, your heaven and hell is right here, and you're making it for yourself basically as, as you go throughout your life, and so I saw this much more positive thing. There's no harm in believing in the pantheistic viewpoint, because it's all about you. It's all about yourself, and it's not about holding yourself up to any other uh, strictures or anyone else's set of standards, which is what all other religions are about. Wayne, your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, I think that all religions have some validity to them, and, and, and some are more valid than others may be in, in some of their beliefs or, or that part of the spoon they're touching, but I don't profess to have all the exclusive right answers, and I, th- I don't think anybody does, so I don't know. I do believe there's a greater power out there, and uh, there's truth in the Bible, and there, and there is mistruth in the Bible. Lots of it. Lots of so, truth. Lots of it, yeah. So, you, basically, I, I believe in the Great Spirit, but I don't get all caught up in other people's belief in it, or non-belief in More it.
0: More coming up tomorrow night. We'll be live from Porkfest. We'll see you then, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com.